You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Well, it is 5 o'clock. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. So you know what that means, people. It's a staple. It means what I learned this week on TikTok. Now, I've been off for a couple of weeks. Maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you never heard it before. You don't know what the heck I'm talking about. What I learned this week on TikTok is a segment we do every Saturday, and it's very simple. I, over the course of the week, from flipping through that stupid TikTok app, I learn so much stupid but yet entertaining information. It's completely useless. You'll get no value out of it at all except your own entertainment. But what I do is I, I craft this segment where I give whoever's producing the show this day a little airtime. You know, that's what the, everybody likes a little airtime. So the producers of the show today, Joe and Julian, they'll be in the hot seat. I'll give them four pieces of information. One of the pieces of information I give them is true. The three other ones are completely made up, and they have to decipher which one is true and what is the ones that I've just come up with with my own demented brain. Simple enough. So now it is time to introduce both Joe and Julian. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Doing All right, good. Joe, you're going to be first up now. Joe, you have the reputation of being a segment killer on the station. Uh, I hope... I hope that's not going to come into this segment here. That's a tag I'm trying to shed. Okay, by the well, here's hour. your chance. Uh, all right, Joe, you're first up on the, in the hot seat. Here's your, uh, your four pieces of information, Joe. Number one, Burpee, Baldy, and Deathy were among the final cuts of dwarves from Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Number two, there is an Airbnb in Ohio, uh, no, excuse me, Idaho, which is made of a giant potato and sleeps two people. Number three, wearing the color blue in Egypt was illegal until 1977 because it was believed to be the color of the gods. Or number four, the longest recorded flight of a chicken is 16 minutes. It happened in 1926, and the chicken never flew either before or after that one incident. So to recap, to give Joe a little time to gather his thoughts, number one, Burpee, Baldy, and Deffy were among the final cuts of dwarves from Snow White's, uh, uh, Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Number two, there's an Airbnb in Idaho that is made from a giant potato and sleeps two people. Number three, wearing the color blue in Egypt was illegal until 1977 because it was believed to be the color of the gods. Or number four, the longest recorded flight of a chicken is 16 minutes. It happened in 1926, and the chicken never flew either before or after that one incident. I'm going to go with the uh, the Airbnb in Idaho. Airbnb in Idaho. You're going to lock that in? I'm going to lock that in as much as I would love for the uh, the first one with the, with the Seven Dwarves because Snow White is a, a fantastic movie. Okay. Well, we will lock in the Airbnb. And I'm sorry, Joe, that is incorrect. No, there, there, is an, uh, there is a hotel in Idaho. It looks like a potato, but it's not an actual potato. No, you can't sleep in a giant potato, Joe. Come on, get out of here. So that one you can cross off the list. You still have three others, one, uh, three others left, Burpee, Baldy, and Deffy. Um, the color Egypt and uh, the color blue in Egypt, illegal until 77, or the uh, chicken flying around for 16 minutes. I'm going to go uh, the color blue in Egypt. The color blue. Lock it in. Lock it in. No, you are now 0 for 2, my friend. No, that is also, that's just one I just made up. Just made it up out of the clear blue sky. So uh, there you go, color blue. Uh, all right, so you got Burpee, Baldy, and Deffy, or the chicken flying around for 16 minutes. Do I really want to go bank on Baldy and Burpee? And, and 
Give me the chicken. Chicken. Lock it in. Lock it in. I do love chicken facts, but no, that one is completely. I think he flew for 16 seconds. It was not 16. Or maybe it was 13 seconds. No, that is also incorrect. No. Uh, when they were coming up with ideas for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, they had a long list of, of potential names. So much so, they actually had art done up for Burpee, Baldy, and Deffy. That, uh, that, I don't know. Is that would have flown right? nowadays. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Burpee, Baldy, and Deffy could have been some of the, uh, the, the final cuts, but they got cut too early. So um, that is a tough way to uh, start the segment there, Joe. 0 for 3. Not great, but no. I would love to see. I, I can pretty much visualize the, the concept art for, for Baldy and Deffy. I would love to see the concept art for, for Burpee. I guess, I guess he was just kind of bloated, right? Uh, you can see, like, the little, like, little dots above his head, you know, little bubbles over his head and stuff like that. He's just filled with gas. All right, Julian, uh, I'll say this. You can't do any worse. Uh, that's for sure. That's that's the upside, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, that's the upside, right? And, and right now, somewhere Jacob is uh, is laughing because he's certainly taken it on the chin many a times in this segment. But uh, all right, here we go. Uh, I think I have this one correct here. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Number one, it is illegal in Alabama to attempt to contact extraterrestrials. Number two, there is a point in the Pacific Ocean that is so far from land, often the nearest humans are astronauts flying by in the International Space Station. Number three, only two people in the world know the exact recipe for Coca-Cola, and they are not allowed to fly together in case, in case there's a crash. Or number four, there's only one stop sign in the city of Paris, and it is not red, but yellow. So to recap one more time, it's illegal in Alabama to attempt to contact extraterrestrials. Number two, there's a point in the Pacific Ocean that's so far from land that often the nearest humans are astronauts flying by in the International Space Station. Number three, only two people in the world know the exact recipe for Coca-Cola and they are not allowed to fly together in case the plane crashes. Or number four, there's only one stop sign in the city of Paris and it is not red, but yellow. So out of all those, the one that to me sounds real is the uh, Coca-Cola that they can't okay. fly together. Is that the one you want to go with? You want to lock that one in? Yeah, I'm going to lock that one in. Julian. No, you're incorrect. I'm sorry. No, that, that's a very popular uh, misconception. There are more than two people that know it, and um, it would seem like that would be the case. They put the, 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 uh, the recipe right on the side of the bottle. Yeah, but no, there's more than two like people it. that know the exact recipe. Yeah. And there's no, there's nothing no. about them not being able to fly together. So now you got three of them. The uh, Alabama, illegal to attempt to contact uh, ETs. Uh, the Pacific Ocean, so far, there's a point that's so far from land, the nearest humans are the astronauts, or there's only one stop sign in the city of Paris, and it is not red, but yellow. At first, it seemed, like, really made up. But now, mm -hmm. after hearing it again... <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Alabama. Alabama. Lock it in. Let's do it. I feel like I could make up anything about Alabama, and it would seem, you know, I don't know what that says about us or about Alabama. No, that is incorrect. Uh, there's no uh, rule on the books about uh, trying to reach out to extraterrestrials. Okay, so now you got uh, you got two left. Uh Point in the Pacific Ocean so far from land, the astronauts are the closest people. Or one stop sign in the city of Paris, and it is not red but yellow. So definitely the two that I was hoping would. Right, you were trying true. to avoid at all costs. Now they're, they're staring you straight at the face. Yeah, because I know the Pacific Ocean's really big, but that seems mm. too far. And 
one stop sign does not seem logical. But out of all that, I'm going to go with Pacific Ocean. That sounds like might really? be Really? Okay. Lock it in? It's Lock big. It. That is correct. Yes. That is correct. It is correct. Yeah. There's a point in the Pacific Ocean. I had the name written down some point. Um, I'll find it out in the break. But, uh, yeah, the nearest humans are the astronauts in the International Space Station when they fly by. And there are actually no uh, stop signs in the city of Paris. But the very first stop signs were yellow. Not just in Paris, anywhere. So a uh, little, two little facts there for you. So very good, Julian. You uh, were able to get uh, one of them correct. You guys want uh, another crack here? You team up as a, as, a, as a group and see if you can do a little. I mean, you got one out of what, five? So you're one for five. So we'll give you one more shot, uh, both of you together. Let's do it. All right, here yeah, we go. let's do it. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, number one, poisonous snakes can actually poison themselves if they bite themselves. Number two, if you ate a new variety of apple every day, it would take you just under three years to eat all the different kinds. Number three, it costs the U.S. government eight cents to make a nickel. Or number four, it's illegal to shoot Bigfoot in Florida. Again, to recap, as you guys, you know, figure it out between you, uh, poisonous snakes can actually poison themselves. Number two, if you ate a new variety of apple every single day, it would take you just under three years to eat them all. Number three, it costs the U.S. government eight cents to make a nickel. Or number four, it's illegal to shoot a Bigfoot in Florida. All right. So after much deliberation and as much as I as much as I personally love Florida Man Friday. Yeah. Uh, Julian. Number two, yeah, that's I th- you're gonna that's you're, you're both gonna go, gonna go with the same one. Yeah, I always find that interesting. You you can you don't have to be uh, both <laughs> on the same page. I'm gonna go two, Julian. To split it up, I'll go with four then. Do two and four, okay, locked in. Locked in. Yeah, you're both wrong. Uh, actually, the variety of apples it would take you 20 years to eat all the different varieties of apples. Uh, and no, it's not illegal to shoot Bigfoot in Florida. So now you're down to the two that you, uh, you, 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 you turned up your nose at right away. Poisonous snakes can poison themselves, or it costs the U.S. government eight cents to make a nickel. I think it would just be, you know, evolution-wise, I don't think the snakes one is correct, so I'm going to lock in snakes. eight cents to, to, uh, to oh, okay. make a nickel. Okay. Uh, uh, Julian, are you on, on board with Joe? Are you going to go out on your own? I mean, Joe doesn't have the best track record here. I don't want—I don't want to shade you one way or the other. I'm just, you know, pointing out the obvious. I'm just going to—I'm going to choose one, just so we just, just to say, yeah, okay, yeah. Then at least one of you have gotten it right. Exactly. And that person that has gotten it right is Joe. Yes, it cost the U.S. government eight cents to make a nickel. It also cost them two pennies to make one penny, which I don't—it doesn't seem like it would make a lot of financial sense, but. I'm probably best leaving that out of so the commentary. What you're saying is the trillion dollars or however much we're actually in debt, we're yeah. even more in debt by just making the currency? Right, just by making money. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be a good uh, financial strategy, but that's what you got. And there you go, people. That is what I have learned this week on TikTok. And because of this segment, now you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up. We'll get back into the football with the Jets and Giants. More of your phone calls. Lots to do. And we haven't even gotten to the Knicks yet. Lots to do before 7 o'clock 
It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And uh, just to uh, clear up some of the business of what I learned on TikTok, Point Nemo is the spot in the Pacific Ocean that is so far away from any humans that sometimes the nearest humans are the astronauts on the International Space Station. It's 3,000 miles off the coast of New Zealand, 2,000 miles north of Antarctica. Uh, So Point Nemo is so far that the closest humans are often astronauts on board the International Space Station, which you say, oh, how how can that be? When the International Space Station goes directly over Point Nemo, the, uh, the astronauts are only 258 miles away. So there you go. You learn something new every single day. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. One other thing I wanted to bring up before we go back to the phones, we'll get uh, some more jet talk, giant talk, whatever you want to do. The Jacob deGrom press conference was uh, during the week. And boy, oh boy, did the... People talk about, you know, Met fans, oh, that Jacob DeGrom, he never, he never loved us. He was always out for him. Oh, they turned on that dude fast. For as quick as he turned on you, you turned on him. It was a double turning. But Jacob DeGrom had his press conference. Do we have that cut where he's talking about what it was about the Texas Rangers? Can we play that one for me? Going through the process, you have you set up meetings with teams, and whenever I found out the the Rangers were one of those teams, I was I was really excited. And then you know, getting on a call with uh, Cy and Boach, you know, hearing the vision of of what the Rangers want to do, and ultimately getting to meet Ray and and the vision here and bringing a World Series here. That's the goal, winning a, a World Series. And these guys all had that same vision, and it, it lined up with what what I wanted to do. So they showed a ton of interest right in the start, and the feelings were mutual, and just very happy to be here. The vision, the, the vision is that you're getting that you're getting paid for five years, and you're getting paid them. And, and who's who's to begrudge that? Who's to begrudge that? I would just love, and this would have been the perfect time to do it, for Jacob Degrom for someone to ask him the question, why why the Texas Rangers? And he could simply turn around and say, why the Texas Rangers? Show of hands, who here, when we started free agency, or even before free agency? thought I was going to get a five-year contract. Show of hands. No one would be able to, to show their hands because nobody thought he was going to get a five-year contract. And, and it's pretty clear nobody else was offering him a five-year contract except the Texas Rangers. So how, how was he supposed to turn that down? The, the Mets could have made that deal if they wanted to. I don't think it's a wise move to make because the guy has you know not been able to pitch here the last couple of years. Maybe part of that was he was saving himself for free agency, and now that he has got his money, he'll be healthier. But the chances of that I don't think are great. You know, 35-year-olds who are already kind of breaking down as 33-year-olds, and it's not even like he had something where you think to yourself, okay, he had this injury, he recovered from it. We don't even really know what was going on with him. It was one thing one year, one year something else. It wasn't like a clear-cut, you know, like Verlander. He had, he had to have Tommy John surgery, right? He had Tommy John surgery, he comes back, he rehabs, he comes back, he's Verlander again. That wasn't the case with, with uh, Jacob DeGrom. But in terms of the contract, I don't understand why guys are just not honest. Hey, you know what? Here's the deal. The deal is they gave me five years. Nobody else anywhere was going to – they they out of their mind giving me five years? Well, maybe you should leave that part out, but you know what I'm saying. Nobody would have thought he was going to get five years. Three years. I thought it was pushing it to get the three years. 
four years, that's nuts. Five years, is you, you, you've completely lost it. And he has that vesting option, right? He has a possible sixth year. He'll figure out a way to get back on the uh, You know what? <laughs> flinging it. <laughs> flinging it underhand. I'm here, guys. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can't really say I blame him if, uh, if you got five years. Now, the vision of the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers' vision last year was spend half a billion dollars on two middle infielders, and they improved by nine games. I don't know how uh, the vision. Uh, it might be time to go to the, 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 the vision experts. It might be time to, for some glasses for that vision because it doesn't seem like a very effective vision. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. People have been holding a very long time while we played what I learned on TikTok. Let's go to Hector is in Brooklyn. Hector, my friend, thank you for holding on. Hey, Gordon. Good night. How are you doing? I'm good, Hector. What's going on, pal? Um, I got a couple of points I want to make. Um, my first point, um, Zach Wilson. What's the difference between him and Christian Hackenberg? Well, Christian Hackenberg couldn't play at all. Um, you know, if the Jets didn't take Zach Wilson two, he might have gone three, four, or five. Christian Hackenberg, nobody thought he should have been a second-round pick. So that was a complete swing and a miss by the Jets. I'm not going to put – you know, Wilson can play some. Hackenberg never played at all. Okay. All right, my next question. At BYU, they wouldn't make Christian – I mean, they wouldn't make Zach Wilson because I keep thinking Christian Hackenberg every time I think of this guy. But anyways, they wouldn't make him a team captain. Okay, there were reasons why they, they didn't want him to be a team captain. Okay, he comes to the Jets, and the day he gets benched, everyone is on the team is so happy. They're making T-shirts for the backup um, quarterback. They're so happy with the backup quarterback. Why is that? Yeah, well, look, Hector, I, may, I, I brought it up before. I, I do think that there is a genuine fondness that the guys have for, for Mike White, but there's no way that you can take a look at all the things that have gone on, both on and off the field, and not feel like at least part of that is directed at their dislike for Zach Wilson. Okay, so there's a dislike for him. All right, my next question. One more, and I promise I'm okay. done. All right. Take Honestly. Justin Fields. Yeah. Take Justin Fields and put him on the Jets right now. Mm-hmm. And put Zach Wilson on the Bears. Yeah. What do you think would be happening right now? Let's say if Justin Fields was having the kind of year he's having, running the ball, and if he had wide receivers and an offensive line to actually play with, what would be going on right now? Well, I think the Jets would clearly be in a lot better spot. Hector, thanks for the phone call. I mean, it's kind of like my uh, my team, the Dolphins, right? Like, uh, you know, people the last couple of years have felt, you know, good about the overall talent, but it's kind of hard to feel too great when the quarterback is was as shaky as Tua was the last couple of years. So uh, maybe there's the possibility that a third year might uh, shake something loose for Zach Wilson, maybe. But, uh, yeah, they had that, you know, it, it, when we went into the draft process that year, we, once we knew the Jets were going to have the second pick, it seemed like a question between Justin Fields and, and we'd heard Zach Wilson's name and, and the possibility that he would go second overall. Uh, I don't think that Mac Jones was up there at that point. Uh, clearly, uh, Trey Lance was not uh, being mentioned at that point there. It was a conversation between – uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, but that conversation ended pretty quickly. Uh, Ohio State had that, that uh, he had that rough performance for Ohio State, um, and, and Zach Wilson, once he got into the, the pro day and making a throw, oh my God, Zach Wilson, he's making all these throws, he can throw off his back foot, and he does have, 
you know, incredible individual talent, but that has not translated so far. So that conversation ended pretty quickly. And that is a, uh, as I mentioned before, that's a big swing and a miss, right? Like that makes you have to question, like if the Jets end up at the end of the year and Mike White is not the guy and they have to go out and, and find somebody else, clearly it would be the veteran route. You cannot sink another, sink another draft pick into, uh, you know, and they're not going to have a high pick because they're likely going to be a playoff team this year. It, but it does make you wonder, for, for a team that has done a very good job of, of talent evaluation, even though they're picking, I mean, they're picking at the top of the draft every single year, so you'd like to think that they're going to do a better job. But Joe Douglas has done a good job overall. But if you miss on the quarterback, that's a big swing and a miss, especially when it was the second overall pick. Lewis is in the car. Lewis, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. I'm the same Lewis from the car from earlier. I'm still driving home from work. All but, right, pal. Uh, first things first, I want to say, I've seen the commercial with that potato. That was a hotel room that houses two. I've seen the commercial for Airbnb. That right, but it's not an actual potato. The question was, is it oh, an okay, actual okay. potato? All right, all right, no, all right. It's made to look I like a potato. Saying. It looks like a potato, though. It looks yes, like a it potato. it does look like a potato. Yeah, okay, so that's good for you. All right. The other thing I want to say is, is this. I'm a Giants fan, right? And I remember two, three years ago, we had Daniel Jones. Everybody was talking about Daniel Jones like the way they talk about Zach Wilson. How do they talk about Daniel Jones now? Because he got a head coach that knows how to work a quarterback. That's the point I'm trying to make about Zach Wilson. He doesn't have anybody. You say he got a quarterback coach. You, you, they need a Brian Dable to show him what to really do. He doesn't have somebody here that really shows him what to do. Yeah. He didn't really get that much experience in college. But I'm going to just get over that, too, because you said something else about the Jets going to the playoffs. Same thing you say about the Giants going to the playoffs. Going to the playoffs is good for experience and all that, but – the Jets and the Giants are not going to win no Super Bowl this year. So, I mean, going to the playoffs is good for experience, but you're not going to win. The Yankees go to the playoffs every year, and the Yankee fans still don't get happier just because they go to the playoffs. They won't well, win. It's a different situation, fans, Lewis. Yankee fans do not get happier every year they of go to the playoffs. Not. They get madder. They get right. madder because they didn't win. So right, but there's, 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 there's very different goals. Players, if you don't win, they're still going to be upset. They're still going to be upset about it. Well, no, look, no, Lewis, look, look, I appreciate the phone call, um, but if the, if, the, if the Jets go to the playoffs this year or the Giants go to the playoffs this year and they lose 100 or nothing, the season's clearly a success. It's, di- it's different when you're going. Now, if the Jets start to go on a run every single year where they're going to the playoffs and they're like a Super Bowl or bust kind of team and they continue to fail, yeah, the fans are going to get upset. If the Buffalo Bills this year don't win the Super Bowl, Buffalo Bills fans will be ticked off. If the Kansas City Chiefs go to the playoffs and they don't win a Super Bowl this year, they're going to be ticked off. But that's not the same goals as the Jets and Giants. They've been the worst. They've been two of the worst teams in the sport. The Jets have not made the playoffs in 11 years. You can't compare that to the Yankees. The Yankees are in the playoffs every single year. And since 2017, it's been, we got to get back to that spot, right? One game away from the World Series. And they've not gotten even really close to that spot again. So that's why Yankee fans are ticked off. But it's different. It, I mean, it's completely different situations. Jets get into the playoffs this year and, and lose the first game. They play, I don't know, Kansas City, right? They lose 50-3. to three. Jet fans, they'll be disappointed about that loss. But the overall season is, is, is an overwhelming success. Come on. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. And we're going to get into the Knicks as well. The Knicks have won three in a row. Does it mean what I think it means? Well, maybe. We'll explain next. Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN.
I think the, the Giants are going to stick with Daniel Jones beyond this season, but partly that's because I, I don't know what other great options that they would have, and it's clear at this point there's still a good degree of amount of work that has to be done on the overall roster, right? Like when you were sitting at 6-1, and 7-2, and two, maybe you think, oh, boy, you know, things are better than they are. No, I think you're starting to see now. The Giants are just not very talented, especially not at the skill positions. You know, maybe defensively, if they were to get healthy, the defensive line is certainly good. If they could get healthy in the secondary, get some guys back there beyond this year. But, I mean, they're still – you can't be one of the worst teams in the sport for five years and then think you're going to be able to turn it around that quickly. Now, credit Brian Dable. I think he's done an amazing job and certainly deserves consideration for coach of the year. But I don't think that it's, well, he's just able to uh, take a look at this roster and figure that he has done that. But I don't think that this was a sign that the roster was far more talented than we were led to believe because of previous coaches just weren't as good. No, I think it's, it's not a very talented roster. There's no other way to put it. So, yeah, I think that the Giants will move, uh, continue on with Daniel Jones beyond this year. Although I have to say, you kind of wonder what market there would be for Daniel Jones, is there a teams out there? I mean, every single year, teams are looking at, at quarterbacks, right? Is there a team that sees Daniel Jones and says, you know what, we want to – because right now it seems like G- Giant fans are like, well, well, we'll bring Daniel Jones back, but it's completely on their terms. Yeah, we'll give, we'll, we'll give him a two-year deal. Yeah, maybe, you know, an option for a third year or something like that. Well, what if there's a team out there that sees Daniel Jones and says, you know what, we could bring this guy in here and, and we could take him to the next level? I, I don't know. I think about how many teams there are going to be that are going to need quarterbacks. It seems like there's seven or eight every single year. I know there's a bunch of them in the draft, but maybe somebody feels like there's uh, some real untapped potential and they'll be able to t- – certainly he could not really go – in terms of skill positions, it would be hard to find a spot that had less talent around him or less to work with than what he's trying to work with right now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, after this year in terms of uh, the Giants and, and uh, the quarterback and, and how – if they can bring – you know how much money are you going to invest in Saquon Barkley – as uh, he starts to, it seems like, kind of wind down again this year, right? I mean, he was at one point, he was one of the real success stories of the season. And now between injury and the amount of focus that's on him because he is the one playmaker on the team, his production the last four, five games here outside of the, the Texans game has not been good. All right, let's move on to the Knicks a little bit. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Uh, Knicks win their third straight last night. They're back at 500 beat Charlotte, and uh, in the mix for the play-in, and uh, I guess that's a good thing, right? Uh, we always bring it up during the week. When you're a team like the Knicks that is not that talented, you're kind of in that group that's you know somewhere between, I guess, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You start to fall three, four games under 500. It's very tough to get just back to break even. You're generally not going to go on extended winning streaks three in a row I think that that's their longest winning streak I'm pretty sure that that's their longest winning streak of the season so good to see that they are back at that break-even point and a couple of years ago with the year that they made the playoffs and made it all the way to the fourth seed this is kind of the way things the things went for them they were kind of teetering between a couple of games under 500 a couple of games over 500 and every single time it felt like the roof was about to cave in they would respond. I think that the schedule here has been kind of favorable because Charlotte's all uh, banged up and they've played some teams that have been all banged up. Atlanta was all banged up as well. But this is kind of who, this is the, this is what they are, right? Maybe slightly better than this, but this is the plan. 
to kind of be in this grouping. Kind of be high level is you you make the the play in, and you're you're certainly hoping to be far more competitive in that down the stretch of the season than you were last year. Now I'm happy to see that there've been some actual changes that have actually impacted things. I think uh, both uh, Miles McBride and, and 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 Grimes playing more, but it just kind of feels like this roster is such is such a mess, and it just kind of feels like they're throwing things at the wall and and kind of seeing what sticks, like Cam Reddish plays well. Uh, he's in the starting unit. He gets hurt. Now he doesn't play at all. Uh, Obi and Randall, they played together for, you know, a little stretch there, and then all of a sudden they really haven't gone back to that. Uh, and, and and we're getting to the point of the year where the, what is it, the, the trade season kind of is December 15th. That's when you expect there to be some moves, and it's clear that that's kind of what the Knicks are going to do. Now, I don't know what the move is going to be, it's kind of hard to trust this regime to make moves because they're the ones that have gotten you. To me, it's not even just the plan that the failure of an executed plan. It really is what the plan is. The plan is, is to be kind of okay, kind of in the mix for a play in spot, but remain flexible so that you can go out there and, and add a real difference maker. If one actually becomes available, that's the plan. And it's great to have some flexibility, and I wouldn't want them to just jump at the first thing that comes down the pike. But we're, we're three years in. If you were waking up from a coma, right, and, and, and you were saying, you know what, uh, when I went into the coma, uh, the Knicks had just uh, hired Leon Rose, and uh, I'm sure now, three years later, there's been a lot of big changes. There really hasn't been that many big changes. You know, I think when, when Julius Randle is your number one player, your your, your foundational player, I think this is kind of your ceiling. Now, I know that the, the one year they made it to the fourth seed, I, I really think that that was an outlier. So it seems they seem happy to kind of be waiting for a star. But, man, I mean, what are we doing in the meantime? And, and it's funny to me that a lot of the time that the, the, the main culprit, the one that gets blamed the most, is the coaching. I think the coaching is what the coaching is. And, and I'm glad that now at least this makes sense, uh, you know, going with guys who are primarily defensive guys in McBride and Grimes. But I, I don't know that necessarily the coaching is, um, is the main problem. And I, I get that people are just looking for ways to improve the team. I think the problem with the team is the team. I, I think the roster is just not very good. So we'll see if now that trades are going to start happening – You'd have to think the Knicks are going to do something. It's just like, what's the plan? The things that the Knicks have available, is that going to be enough to bring you back a, a difference maker? Or is it going to be kind of uh, uh, more of the same, right? Like the names that get mentioned a lot quickly, uh, clearly Reddish, if they can get anything for uh, Fournier. What, what's, that, what, what's that getting you back, right? Because part of it is maybe it's a draft pick. Don't we kind of have enough of those already? Like, what is what is going to move the needle uh, on this season? And it doesn't really feel like there's anything apparent that is going to happen. I hope that I'm wrong. Uh, you'd like to get uh, a little bit more excitement surrounding the Knicks because at least, what, 25 games in this year? I'll be honest with you. I found it, I found it hard to kind of get excited about where the team is at. Because it seems like it's, it's, it's that line where it's just kind of floating a little bit above 500, a little bit below 500. It's not anything really, really good. It's generally not anything really, really bad. They're good enough to beat the really bad teams. They're nowhere close to beating the good teams. And I could deal with, hey, you know what? We can't beat the good teams yet, but wait for this or wait for that. Wait for what? 
Like, what's the plan to get some sort of really foundational piece on this team that is going to move the needle? And I was one of the people that was on board. You know, I don't want to give up everything for Donovan Mitchell. It, it seems like now that that was a complete mistake because that guy would have moved the needle in a way that it doesn't really seem like that there's another move out there that is going to move the needle. But we shall see. It's about time, though, for Leon Rose and company to kind of pick a lane. And it's not just – it almost feels like, the, like there's something going on behind the scenes and they just send somebody out there, just stall for a few minutes, just stall. Just, just stall for some time. I just need some time to figure this out. Well, it's three years later, and, and we're talking about a team that's, you know, middle of the road. Middle of the road. And, and, and that that was the plan. It's not just that while we wound up, we took a big swing and it didn't work out, and, and this is where we're at. The, the, the roster itself, it just seems very, very uh, hodgepodge. And it doesn't really seem like it has a real clear uh, delineation of, of what the plan is moving forward outside of, let's just kind of be good enough that we can not be embarrassing. We don't want to be, you know, winning 17, 18 games a year, but there's no shot of us really making some big leap or there's some clear path to this guy or that guy. And I get it. We all agreed that just simply tearing it down, that's not going to lead you to getting that free agent, right? No free agent wants to come here and be the savior. So you have to put some, some foundational pieces in place. But in the meantime, it's just like we're waiting around for what here? And, and we're waiting around now for the trade season to start this year. What are you bringing back? Is it just going to be kind of more of the same? At what point is it going to start to kind of come into focus of what the plan is? Because it doesn't really seem clear uh, just yet. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York, coming up 6 o'clock. The Free Money Express people. NFL picks, I'm back. I'm hopefully going to be back in the win column because the last two weeks, it's just as well I've been off the air. Did not uh, broadcast those picks. Oh, that's been rough. It's been rough. But we'll save that for 6. Why get into that now? Let's talk some Knicks. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Merv is in Forest Hills. Merv, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, what's going on, man? Long hey, time fan. Thank I you, pal. I find you to be a highly intelligent person, man. So I'm going well. to give you a little comment, and I want to see what you feel, right? Okay. The uh, Mitchell thing, they wanted everything. It was going to be Mitchell on the Knicks plus who? Back to square one, right? And, it did. It did kind however, of feel that way, but I, you would yeah, have to be fair, though, Merv. He would have been the best player the team has had since Melo. Uh, I agree. I agree. But here's the thing: what I was saying, I, I think they're flying under the radar. I think um, this management is not getting enough credit in the sense of it's a rebuild. They went to the playoffs once last year. We missed it by four games. We were four games under. I mean, with Rose injured, and now we're going to hover around 500. But the thing is. We only have one donkey contract in the Fournier, and we have a lot of picks. Stay tuned. A star can get disgruntled, we, and people, believe it or not, will take on a Julius Randle or Barrett. And tell me, I heard something. What do you think, Zach Levine? We have a lot of pieces, and our young guys, I like 
where the arrow's pointing up, just not fast enough. Tell me, am I right? Uh, I don't think you're more. I appreciate the compliment, Irv, and I appreciate the phone call. I don't think you're right. Uh, I want to have faith in the in the regime here, but like, is it really a rebuild? Uh, I guess. I, I mean, they do have a lot of picks, but you just take a look at the things that they've done already. They're, you know, like the 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 Fournier contract. Yeah, it's a bad contract. They're the ones that signed that contract. The Randall contract is not a great contract. It's very difficult to move. That, that's been one of the things that I've been most excited about <laughs> during this stretch is that Randall's been playing better. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, you know, maybe you can get move him off some point. Uh, I, I'm not really expecting that to happen. Uh, the contract that they, you know, they brought in Kemba last offseason. Uh, they bring in, they make the deal for Cam Reddish. What, what's his role? It wasn't clear last year. It's not clear now. You know, Derek Rose is is here. It seems like they're, he's not even in the rotation anymore. So what's the plan there? They have some interesting pieces. You know, I like quickly. I like Grimes, but it's the NBA. It's all about it's all about um, you know finding that star and 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 it, it be it through the draft, through a trade, through something. I like Brunson. He's been good last night, notwithstanding in terms of the the shots, but. It just kind of feels like they're in the middle, and it feels like this is where they kind of plan to be. They just want to be so that they just want to hang tough until something pops up in terms of a star player. And, and that's great, but tell me what the – it's not like a bus schedule where you know where the next disgruntled star is going to come and – the price is probably going to be exactly the same of what it was for Donovan Mitchell. And I don't think Zach Levine, that doesn't really move the, he's an exciting player, but it doesn't really, I don't think that that takes the Knicks to some higher level than what they're at right now. He's, he's a better player than they have, but uh, I don't know. doesn't really seem like a real needle mover to me. Let's go out to uh, Tim is on the upper West side. Tim next up on the Gordon Damer show. What's going on, Gordon? Hey, Tim, what's going on? Hey, man, just uh, enjoying your show and uh, listening to you, you know, talking about the Knicks regime. And I've, I've been a season ticket holder for 30 years, sadly. So I, I, a, I need a mental checkup. And B, um, I've seen a lot of bad basketball. Um, I was here for the good ones in the 90s. Um, but I will say this is the first time in my um, life you know, as a season ticket holder that they're actually trying to build a defensive mentality with young kids with the right attitude but selfless play um contrary to what we've seen across the river in the bronx or excuse me in brooklyn with the nets you know it's a lot of attitude a lot of ego if they can continue to build through the their youth with the right attitude with the right players that are selfless then they've got a couple more picks coming this draft they could have as many i think as three or four but definitely if they keep their theirs they have two so um you know you you build this and then, like you said, maybe a star will come say, "I got to get out of X city," but to chase a bad contract and make a bad mellow type trade again, just put us back at square one, or, or just have a bloated, you know, roster of uh, with no with bad cap and no picks left. If we had done the Donovan Mitchell trade, it really would have been the same thing. It would have been mellow 2.0. So, hopefully, my my I root for them to keep on this track. We got Grimes, we got Quickly, you know, we've got even RJ starting to step up. Um, if Randall keeps up this attitude, Mitchell Robinson, Quentin Grimes, and you are building something, it's going to take a little time. But I think fans are ready for a, re- a, a smart build. So let me know your thoughts. 
Yeah, look, Tim, I, I appreciate that. I wish I could share the same excitement. I just don't feel it right now, and thanks for the phone call. Um, it just kind of feels like they're just kind of treading water waiting for that star to become available, and it's not even like the moves that they've placed themselves. Yeah, like I like having a bunch of picks, but, you know, what good is a bunch of picks if they're not – um, they're not high picks. They're, they're going to be kind of middle-of-the-road picks, right? Because you're going to be middle-of-the-road. That's the last place you really generally want to be in the NBA. And look, they have some young players. I like quickly. I like Toppin. Um, but again, they took Toppin with the eighth pick in the draft. And it, it, it's still three years in. It seems like he's just a guy that gets out there now and shoots threes. I don't really feel like that's a, a, the best use of, of what I thought we were getting with Obi Toppin. Uh, so it's just kind of like it, not a lot of it makes sense, and it just kind of feels like it's very middle of the road. Uh, I, I don't blame the coach uh, exclusively. I think it's more about the roster that's been put together, and I like having assets, right? I like having um, a bunch of draft picks, and I like having some young players. But even three years in, it does not really seem – I don't have a high level of – if you would have told me three years ago that this is where I'd be sitting three years later, whatever confidence I had going in – it would be less than that now. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls on the Knicks. But up next, it is time for our Week 14 picks. We have run it through the algorithm, people. We have run it through the logarithm. Whatever rhythm you need, we have it. And we've done it. We've done the work. We've done the research. And the free money express returns. It is the NFL picks for Week 14. We'll be picking the Jet game. We'll be picking the Giant game. Let's make some money together, people. The Christmas holidays are right around the corner. So the NFL picks are next on the Gordon Damer Show, only here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York.